is heavy. It is very heavy because I realize uh, that some of us do not realize the times that we're living in. I realize that we, we take what we have for granted. I'm realizing that more often that we take the freedoms that we have for granted. We have a lot of freedoms. We have a lot of freedoms to educate ourselves. We, we have a lot of freedoms to, to help us to, to uh, gain an advantage and work and start a business. We're living in the land of the free. We're living in the land of milk and money. But somehow we are not availing ourselves or taking advantage of these opportunities. And so often we see uh, these tragedies occurring, like what we've had just in the last um, recent days. We're going to have a funeral here on Tuesday. A young man cut down in his prime, 20 years old. I believe he was on track to be 21 this coming month. But he's gone. I'm realizing more and more that as a church, the modern day church, we are becoming irrelevant in our communities. And the church is just seen as some institutional uh, monarch uh, or We used to go to church. I remember when uh, the family, we used to assemble, and we used to go to Highland Square, but that, that, that's no more. And I've met many individuals in the community that, that say, you know, I used to crawl around my uh, around uh, Highland Square, but I'm not there anymore. I remember Sister Richie telling me about her grandson. He was, he was a little toddler crawling around in Santa's in Highland Square. But so many times we find ourselves in the category of those men in the book of Ezekiel that have their backs to the house of God. And we are facing the world and all the trappings. In order for us to be victorious in our lives, in order for us to win the battle, we must understand our enemy. We must understand his tactics. We must understand his strategies. We must understand how he works. We have to understand that indeed our enemy is there to divide and conquer. I wish that we will have a generation that will stand up and say it's enough. I am fed up. We are going to restore order to our families. We're going to restore order to our churches. We're going to restore order to our society. What I'm finding out now is that our church is being divided along all these different reform lines. And people think that church and preaching and religion 
as these have been prophesied way back, or I, I read that the, 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 as, as it tells us that the world, as we know it, we're going to have all these disasters coming across the world, the sun, the air, the midnight, all of these things, the world is going to be shaking like a, a reed, mountains like a reed. The end is upon us, everybody. And I believe that even as the end is upon us, that God's people will perfectly keep him, keep him for a moment. We're speaking. We don't understand that these days that we are living, that these are the last days. I know you don't want to believe it, but these are the last days. I know that some of us are waiting for that special sign. We're waiting for the Sunday law. We're waiting for something to cure to wake us up. If what's happening right now is is not going to wake us up. It's not waking us up. I don't know what is. A few months ago, I shared with you uh, this man. His name is Tony Palmer. I was Tony Palmer. And he pulled together all the evangelical community. And they are under one umbrella. They listen to a, 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 a cell phone recording video of uh, the Pope instructing the evangelical community and everyone was excited because for the first time they're all coming together under one banner and they're all excited this happened last january all the evangelical community you could think of all the top leaders they were all there and they were praising god and they said that the protestant is over. Whatever we are protesting, it is over. It is finished. The protestant movement is over. And we saw that a Jesuit pope got up. And this Jesuit pope got up and he spoke and he was thanking his, his fellow uh, men, uh, the brethren, the sistren, for being here and for promoting peace and all of that, and they're so happy that they're able to unite together, and that he is, he, he depicted himself as the Joseph going down to Egypt. And the brothers have united together. They have all come back together under one umbrella. And they're all happy. But just two weeks ago, Sunday, the very man that orchestrated this, pulled them all together, Tony Palmer, Bishop Tony Palmer. He was on a motorcycle in Europe on Sunday. And he met into a fatal accident and was killed immediately. Over the blog, chatter was going on and said, well, this man who was the 
the, 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 the one who, who stimulated all of this and pulled all of the, the community together. He is dead, so the movement is dead. And people, some people were saying all kind of hateful things about him and all of that, and I said, but that's a soul that needed to be saved. That was Carol's. That's a soul that needed to be saved. And as I was pondering on this, I said, there is something that is, it is not right. There's something that doesn't make sense because we know that um, whenever someone dies, it, it's not just, you know, it doesn't, their works don't just leave like that. In fact, it highlights what they were standing for. And I want you to know, understand that right now, yes, the, the man who pulled together the movement Perhaps, yes, he's dead. <coughs> not perhaps, but he is. But the movement is not dead. There's a movement right now that is occurring, that is pulling together. I would say it's a tidal wave movement, individuals right across the earth. And it is setting up for one of the greatest persecutions that this world ever imagined. The freedom that we celebrate now, we are not going to celebrate it forever. The devil is going to come with his last, his last battle. And God's people, if we are not prepared, we will be caught off guard. If you think that I'm trying to stir something up here, stir hatred, it is not. The only thing my desire is, and I realize it's me, what, why I'm called to ministry, is to get people back to the basics, back to studying the Word of God, back to prayer, back to witnessing. The only reason why we are trying to win our community here because we want, we want Christ to be saturated in this community. We want them to know that there's a hope. We want them to know that a young man, 20 years old, don't have to be gunned down. We want them to know that all these children, 120 or so children that came to our summer camp, we want them to have a brighter future. We want them to have eternal life. This is all what it's all about. Folks, we have to understand the battle that we are fighting. If we don't understand the battle, if we don't understand our enemy, if we don't understand his strategy, we will be caught off guard. And I want to encourage us as God's people to get back to the basics. The scripture tells us, and this is my main scripture, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm actually going to 7. And we all know, and you 
but the reality of it, he is dead right now. A bullet to the head. Who do you trust? The Lord said, trust in me with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. You guys may think you understand life. You may think that you have it all figured out. You, you have the, 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 the tricks of the trade to make it. But let me let you know that without God, you can do nothing. And church, we must pray for these individuals. We must pray for these standing children because we do not know what they battle on a daily basis. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge. Just not just sometimes, not just on Sabbath, not just on, on, on the Sabbath school. And I was in Adrian's class, uh, his last class there, and you know, and as he was talking there, and I realized, you know, we, we gotta understand what this is all about. Right? It is, it, is, it is a daily battle. It is, it is an hourly battle. It is a moment by moment battle. We must always, in everything, acknowledge Him. In every time, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct thy path. <coughs> Just this last Wednesday, uh, we had the Ghanaian convocation. They were meeting in um, Vegas here, our meeting in Vegas, still in progress. I went there last night. And so I was invited down there to represent the conference as the regional coordinator uh, to welcome them. So upon driving down in the hotel, I noticed two young ladies standing on either side of the hotel, dressed in practically nothing. And they were almost directing traffic. They were trying to direct traffic to themselves. And I realized, I said, you know, some of these young people that we have, they are lost. They don't, they're lost and they don't know it. They're trusting in other things that they don't even realize. They're playing a game that they don't know. And when I went in to welcome this group, I, I said, you know, you may have noticed some of these uh, street workers standing around uh, and uh, advertising their, 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 their wear. And I'm saying that this is a part of the culture of Vegas with the casinos. And, and this is a, a, a part of the, 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 the culture of Sin City. And as I was welcoming them, I said, you know, I believe that this convention is here for a purpose. And just to find out afterwards, indeed it was. Because their aim is to establish a church here. They realized that many of their community members have come here to Vegas 
and they are lost in the shuffle. They are lost in the crowd. There are many, many of our cultures, whether it be the Haitian community, understand that there's about 3,000 nations around, and some of them, many of them, are Seventh-day Adventists, and they're lost in the shuffle. Christians, lost in the shuffle. Nations. We realize that the statistics are very high in individuals coming from Africa and coming from the West Indies and coming from all parts of the world and they come into a place like this and the sin gobbles them up. And they become one with society. The scripture says that we should trust in God with all our heart. We not your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And so we need to be directed. The title of my message, as you perhaps, well, as I told you before, but um, is the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. So many times, the battle that we think that we fight, we think that the battle is ours. So many times we think that, well, you know, we thought that we understood it right and everything, but you know, the, the battle, we think that the, the what we were fighting against was truly, that was, that was where it's at. But then we realize, no, that's not the battle. We are fighting against something else. Uh, remember Jacob, uh, Jacob in his trouble. He was fighting and wrestling with an angel. And he thought he was fighting with Esau just to realize that he was fighting with God. Sister Lisa, Sister Ruby, the battle is not yours. Whatever battle you may be fighting right now, it may be a spiritual battle. It may be a drug war that is happening within you, fighting addiction. It is a spiritual warfare. It is a warfare that is set up by the enemy to destroy you. And when you take your eyes off God, when you take your eyes off the one who you should be trusting, you lose that belief. You lose. And we gotta understand how the enemy works. We gotta understand it. And sometimes we are willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant. We know that that site that we're visiting is, is, is we shouldn't be there, but we're going there for a certain illustration. And so many ministers, we are caught up in phenomena. Ministers. Because we were searching for a sermon illustration. I'm talking about home.
get it in. You have been fellowshipping. We have been fellowshipping with him. And he is so comfortable in your head right now. And guess what? We are comfortable with him too. We're okay with him. It's all right. And we don't know the battle that we're fighting. We tell ourselves,
There is always a struggle. There is always a time when trouble comes. And what happens when trouble comes? We either run away from it, and a lot of us do that. We would either do nothing about it, and plenty of us do that. We do nothing about it. But there are a very few of us that stands up, rolls up our sleeves, Brother Nelson, and we fight. When struggle, when trouble comes, right? And when the battle is there, we are ready to fight. We're fighting. But let me let you know it is the fight is the right thing to do, but how do we fight? How do we fight? Do we fight this battle on our own? And if I could ask for a show of hands of individuals who are struggling right now with some form of addiction. You're struggling with a sin that's always getting you in a chokehold. You're struggling with this thing and you can't beat it and you're wondering how can I overcome it? If I ask you what you're doing, you would tell I have been trying to fight this thing on my own. But let me let you know that if the more you fight this thing on your own is the more weak you become. Because you cannot overcome on your own. This battle that you're fighting, it is not yours. It is a spiritual battle, but you gotta realize, you gotta realize who can have that victory. You gotta realize who can give you that victory. You gotta realize who can deliver you from that victory. You gotta realize this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we find a very interesting story. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, this these tribes had come in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. And it happened that after this, that the people of Moab uh, with the people of Ammon. Uh, and the others uh, of them came with the Amorites to battle against Jehoshaphat. They came to battle against Jehoshaphat, and in verse 2 it says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A multitude, an army, is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are of Hazazan, Temar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. Jehoshaphat realized that this battle was too much for him. He, didn't real, he realized that he cannot battle this thing, and so he turned to God. He called a fast. And as he called on God, he got all the people together, and everyone got together, and they were praying up a storm. And while they were in the midst of praying, the, the Lord touched a young man, a young man from in the midst of them. And this young man that the Lord touched him, his name was Jehadiah. And his name, the meaning of his name, he will be seen of God. 
You see, what we gotta understand that sometimes when the struggles come, the solution may not come through you, but sometimes you gotta call on the congregation to pray for me, pray for me, pray for deliverance, and the Lord may touch somebody, and that young man or young woman will come and give you the word of God. And this young man that came forth, this young man that the Lord touched, it says in verse Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14, then up on Hadadiel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jareel, the son of Messiah, a Levite, the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And it says in verse 15, and he says, Hearken ye all Judah. Hearken ye all Judah, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou King Jehoshaphat, thus they say the Lord God, be not afraid nor dismayed for the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. The multitudes were coming beyond the sea. They were, they was a siege. They were caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. And you know when you're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea, you can't go to the sea because they're coming here. You can't go back because you are trapped. And so he had no choice but to look up. And they looked up and the Lord looked down and spoke to Jehaziel. And as the Lord spoke to him, the Lord told him, I want you to get your army together, but they're not going to fight. I want you to get your choir together because they are going to sing. I want you to get your people together and get all the instruments together. Get all the dancers and everyone together because we are going to have a celebration time. Yeah. A war is coming. They're surrounded and they don't know what to do. And God's people are preparing to have a concert. And so this young man told Jehoshaphat, get your army together, put the army in the back and get your choirs and your singers and your and all the musicians, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost time. Praise the Lord. And so as it was, they went forth, and they sang, and they knew exactly where the army was going to be, the armies that were surrounding them. They knew exactly where they were going to be, and they went right there, and they were celebrating and praising God. And God says, listen, this is my battle. I'm going to take over. And it says in the scripture, in First, Second Chronicles chapter 20, it says that the Lord set up a, a siege. The Lord set up a siege that the, the armies, the four main armies that were coming to fight against Judah, they started fighting against themselves. And they were self-destructing themselves and they fought against themselves and they annihilated themselves to the point that they had nothing
the Lord set it up that the enemy that had sure victory over Israel was defeated that very day. I want you to understand you are facing a battle right now in your life. And God is saying that battle is not yours. You may be facing the battle of immigration. The battle is not yours. You may be facing lawsuits and they want to take over your land, Mr. Rubin. The battle is not yours. Amen? The battle is not yours. You may have relatives trapped in the border and they want to be freed and brought over to the land of the free. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. The Lord is able to work in ways that you don't even understand. You may be going through some marital problems right now and you have that big B in a document that comes to you. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. All we have to do, folks, is to yield ourselves, to surrender ourselves over to God. I remember I baptized this woman a few years ago, and she was working in one of these alternate industries back here in Montreal. And she was saying, Pastor, if I, if I give up this thing, you know, I, I would not be able to to feed my family. I, I can't do this. And, I, and, and she struggled. And we studied with her for about three months. And while she was going through this whole thing, she prayed and prayed. And one day she came forward and said, Pastor, I have resolved. I'm giving it all over to Jesus. I don't care whatever happens, even if I starve. I'm not going to go back to that life of prostitution anymore. And she turned around and surrendered everything over to God. And God showed up the next Monday. Gave her even a better job. And got her out of the industry. And I had the privilege of marrying her and her husband. Praise the Lord. The Lord is able to take even your mess and clean it up and just set you up. But sometimes we gotta step out by faith. Sometimes we gotta do what Jehoshaphat did. He stepped out by faith. And as he stepped out, he just gave it over to God and said, God, I can't do it. I have no resources to do it. I can't do it. His congregation went with him and they surrendered. And the Lord spoke through that young man. The battle.
when the father is messing around, these guys are affected. When the father is not a priest in his home, these guys are messed up. When the father has just dropped the bomb and he's not a relevant force, these guys, the future is corrupted. When you do not do your job, when you do not do your worship, praying for your children, anointing them in the home, reading to them the scripture, giving them the example of God, when you fail, they fail. If you fail, they have no future. And the load is on the mothers. Fathers, we gotta realize our load. We gotta realize our load. We gotta realize the task that we're living in. Some fathers were not living up to the right standards, and as a result of it, your future, your generations, you're gone. No wonder in the commandments it says. Visiting the iniquity upon the third and fourth generation. We have generational curses in the house. And some of us, we are carrying on to the next generation because of the choices that we make right now. We gotta understand the battle. And we gotta understand the tactics of the enemy. He gets the fathers out of the way. Weakens the family. Family is weak. Mothers are struggling. No worship in their home. No example in their home. And as a result of it, the family structure crumbles. And the church is weakened. And society is weakened. No wonder you have young men walking around packing with knives and guns and all of these things because they did not have a fatherhood. Step a bad example for your young girl. 
that they would take their duties serious. And they would allow the anointing of God to fall upon their lives. Lord, please. They're men that they're doing things, Lord, that is, it is damaging their families. Uh, there are addictions that are being brought home, Lord, that is that is setting the family on a, on a wrong note, Lord. And I pray, Lord, deliverance will come to these families. Open up the way, Father. Bring deliverance to the families, Lord. Help the fathers to, to, to stand up, Lord, as the priests of the home and to do what is right and to allow the God of heaven and earth to lead them. I bring before you the mothers, Lord. The mothers, Lord, help them to do what is right, to set the example for their girls and boys, Lord. And that indeed, Lord, that you will just anoint them to have the essence of Proverbs chapter 31. Grant unto them the blessings, Lord, the singles, Lord, and all the other categories, Lord, I pray that you will bless them that we will be the example for this generation. We are so thankful, Lord, for all that you have done. We are thankful, Lord, that even in spite of the battles that we face, we are so thankful that the battles that we fight, the battle is not ours. But we praise God for our God that is here for us, that has promised that he will battle for us, and that the battle is his. And you will bring deliverance to your people. You will bring deliverance to our families. Bring deliverance to the church of God. And we shall be victorious. Bless us to this end, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory for all that you have done and all that you're doing and all that you will do in our lives. For we ask these things in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless you. May God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 The Bible is not yours. It is the Lord. Praise the Lord. And as we prepare ourselves for the benediction, we invite you out this afternoon at Five O'Rock, where we will come and receive a word from our children, our community children.